0: Coming up on this episode of Sports Without Borders. Oh, it's $300 million! (laughs) And later... Against the
1: Warriors, 100% cheering against the Warriors.
0: Dalen Turk and RJ Hentz bring you Sports Without Borders. Welcome to episode four of Sports Without Borders. I am RJ Hentz. That is Dalen Turk. I'm here. I'm going to roast... I'm roasting the literal hell out of Dalen today because, uh... Well, we did record last week, Dalen, but, uh... You care to explain what happened last week? Because it's all on you. <laughs> well,
1: I, I accidentally uh, picked the wrong setting on uh, my computer. Accidentally. And instead of recording on my through my mixer and my microphone, I just recorded straight off of the mic on my laptop. So it sounded like I was in a hollow tin can.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, I find that hilarious. It's just like, you know, because you and I worked in radio together and... We know that that is just the worst possible sound ever. And you call and like you texted me. You just go, dude, I don't think we can post this week. And I'm like, oh, it can't be that bad. And then I listen. I go, oh, it's that bad. <laughs> and oh, it, it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just I told him, I said, if you don't have everything plugged in and we don't post an episode this week, I'm going to make a 45 minute video, video and audio of me just. roasting. Oh, video. The little now little
1: we, we get to see your face in this.
0: Yeah, I know. So everyone's computer and everyone's whatever is just going to crack when they see my face. But we're going to go ahead and talk about NBA Finals. The NCAA, man, they are finally moving back the three-point line. There's an end of an era in James hour, And we're going to be talking about a sport that you and I, Dalen, both love to death. And it's football, but the other kind of football. But first, Game 4 is happening in just a couple hours. We're recording this when Game 4 is about to happen. When we recorded the first ep- the ep- first attempt of this episode, you know we made our predictions as to who's going to win the NBA Finals. Dalen said that the Raptors were going to win in seven. I went on this rant that the Raptors were go- that were looking really good to beat the Warriors, but I still like the Warriors to win in seven. And I hate to say it, but right now the Raptors are unstoppable. Yeah, and boy. Fat, yeah, you the, said it. <laughs> you said it. The fat. The fact that, okay, Clay Thompson not being in the crucial Game 3 is the re- – and you said, you and I texted about this. Steph Curry can't do it all. Like LeBron can't do it all. Like Lionel Messi can't do it all. Like Cristiano Ronaldo can't do it all. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what
1: everyone's saying. It's like, guess what, Steph? Now you get to feel what it feels like to be LeBron in 2015 and in 2018 when he had to try exactly. and carry that team by himself. And guess what? He couldn't do it.
0: He can't do it. and. He- you know, okay, right now, Clay Thompson is scheduled to play tonight. Kevin Durant is not scheduled to play tonight. Yeah. Um, and I think, I'm saying right now, I think that the Warriors are blowing $30 million because they spent all this money for Kevin Durant and for moments like this, not for playing game number 65 of the regular season. This is the reason why they paid the money that they did. And he's not even playing. He hasn't even played a minute in the finals.
1: Well, but here's the thing, though. With a player like Kevin Durant who feels as though he has proven himself and he's coming up on a free agency, do you think he wants to risk injuring himself going
0: into free agency? No. No, absolutely not. And he's – I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. It's kind of selfish. But, I mean, if you're Kevin Durant and there's a big free agency market – I sent this to you over on Instagram where, you know, we're looking at a huge free agency this after the NBA Finals.
1: Oh, it's going, to, mean, be going to be absolutely insane.
0: It is going to be insane. Like, I'll read it off to you real quick again. Knicks have two max slots. The Nets have two max slots. Clippers have a path to get two max slots. The Lakers have a max slot, and they have the number four overall pick. And I also so, just
1: saw something, and the Nets were able to clear $18 million in cap space to hopefully keep D'Angelo.
0: And they probably will. I mean, uh, D'Angelo likes unless it
1: there, so, unless they sign Kyrie.
0: Yeah, then there's going to be some problems. But I and you know Kyrie has been talking a lot, and you know people through Kyrie have been saying that he really does like the Nets, and there's just going to be that huge battle between him and Russell. But you know, it's the moral of the story is is that the NBA free agency is going to be nuts. And you know LeBron's going to try to get in someone like either a Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, bring him over to L.A. There's going to be so many different things happening this offseason. It's going to be so hard to keep track of.
1: Well, I don't know how – I like, I honestly don't know how concerned LeBron is about recruiting because he's – I think he's focusing, honestly, more so on his off-the-court endeavors –
0: yeah, true, very true. I mean, especially with the fact that uh, Liverpool just won the uh, Champions League final, and he went ballistic.
1: Why would what is wait? Is he like a partial owner?
0: Yeah, didn't I didn't know even that? know that. <laughs> oh my gosh, you get out of here! Just leave, Dalen, for the I'm love sorry. of God. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, but no, he he went ballistic when Liverpool won the Champions League. I mean. I'll have to pull up the tweet, but I mean, he went nuts. It was hey, awesome. Enough, I loved man. it. But okay, let's get back to the NBA Finals because we were talking about, we started talking about it, and then we just totally sidetracked. But that's kind of what we do on this show. It's like we start talking about something, and then we're like, "Eh, this is more important." For and the then moment. it just
1: keeps going down and down. And down.
0: <laughs> exactly. So the thing is, is that right now the Warriors are five point favorites, and I think it's more because Clay is back. And Clay Thompson is a—he's one of those very undervalued players that you know of, but people forget about him. And then when he didn't sh- when he didn't play, people were like, "Oh my gosh, this team is vul- vulnerable," and the Raptors just totally took advantage of it, and they won it very handily.
1: Go going into Game Four. Klay Thompson, they cannot afford for Klay Thompson to not play. I think they can get by without Kevin Durant. just because we know Kevin isn't coming back for game four. He's just not. But oh, there's okay. no way they can play without Klay Thompson. And let's hope because he does have that. Um, it's a hamstring strain, right?
0: Yeah, it's something like that. It's like I think a calf in, calf strain or a hamstring injury is, but we, I mean it's it's something like that can if you wanted to come out of, you could, but you and you don't really risk the injury well, but of making But god, a
1: hamstrings, man. Those those are real. They stick around for a long time and it doesn't take True. a lot to tweak them. True. So, we'll, yes, yeah, we'll, so, I, I think I think we're going to see from Clay Thompson, I think more than anybody because independently of anything else, he is a fantastic catch-and-shoot shooter that we're going to see a lot of that happening, where it's going to be, Clay, you set up, and then we're going to get you the ball, and you just throw it.
0: All right, so have you heard of the website 538.com? I have not. So 538.com, they are, I think, the best. I think they're better than ESPN.com because they they take – sports and analyze them by the numbers and they analyze them by, you know, the people, and then they just break it down as to statistically who should win each okay, um, so they're
1: they're more like, hey, here are the numbers rather than
0: us. Right. Basically. (laughs) Rather than here are the facts. Like I mean they have the facts obviously, but they more focus on like numbers and then they use the numbers and it's just like a big combination of everything. And it's it's really cool. I highly recommend everyone go check it out. But, you know, they're talking about the chances of, to win the NBA Finals right now. Raptors have a 67% chance to win it. Raptors have a 33% chance. And it's based on what – I love how what they what they call this. They call this the Carmelo player projections. I don't know why, but, like, it is – but it's, like, it stands for something. Carmelo stands for something. Who um, yeah. knows? But anyway, sixty. But you know, statistically, they they definitely have the advantage. And if the Raptors win tonight, it's safe to say the finals are over because they're going to Toronto for Game Five. And I mean, they've already been dominant there once, and Dude. I know that they lost once. But is it safe to say that they would be if the Warriors are down three one? Is there a legitimate chance that they could come back?
1: Look, okay. Looking at this Warriors team, if if they go down three to one, unless they have Kevin Durant, they're done for. The only reason the Cavaliers were able to come back when they were down three to one is because they had LeBron James. And but they had Kyrie Irving stepping up, Kevin Love stepping up, J.R. Smith, you know, all those people stepping up in their roles. But right now, if they pretty much just got Steph out there trying to do it on his own, if he does not have that supporting cast, no, it's just not going to happen. There's no way if they go down three and one. Um, but even then, I, regardless, if it even goes to game seven, I do not think the Warriors in their core with Steph Curry are good enough to win it on one or two players' shoulders.
0: And Steph Curry, you know, he is a fantastic player. I forgot that he's been in the league now for 10 years. I you know, but I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's really crazy. He kind of just leapt onto the scene. People knew him from Davidson and knew that he was going to be a talent that everyone kind of wanted. But nobody about that shooter? That he, yeah, nobody expected that he'd demolish, not just break, but demolish the three-point record in a season. Nobody would ever think that he'd lead a team to 73-9. and nine but then they lost three to one. I mean, he
1: literally has reshaped basketball with the NCAA having or deciding to move the three point line. Steph Curry has literally changed the game.
0: Right. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes here, but Steph Curry definitely, you're absolutely right. changed the game as we see it. It used to be like, I would say it was more of just, you know, pass the, if you could get a three point shot, you're lucky. Like, uh, Ray Allen was getting up there in age and it seemed like Ray Allen was passed around a few times and it seemed like, it, and then Ray Allen was always there to make that shot Well, it's just because
1: Ray Allen can be kind teammate. of a, a tough teammate
0: to have Yeah, well, I mean, it's Ray Allen what do you expect? But I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Celtics fan and I loved when he was there, um, but I'm just saying, you know, Steph Curry he's not going anywhere, plus because he could get the rare Supermax contract where you get the Five year, two hundred and fifty some million dollars, or de- it could even be way more, depending on you know like your all star incentives, your MVP incentives. I think I read somewhere that if he really wanted to, he could sign a supermax deal for over three hundred million dollars. Just that's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: but I I don't I don't know because he is an unselfish player. I don't know if he's gonna be. I don't know if he would sign that. Honestly, I I think he would. Uh, he would put more money towards the team than himself.
0: Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, okay, be honest with me, Dale. (laughs) If you got offered a five-year, 300-some million-dollar contract and you still had plenty of cap space to keep, you know, Clay to keep Draymond Green, wouldn't you sign that contract too?
1: Well, yeah, of course I'm going to sign it. Who do you think Oh, it's $300 million!
0: (laughs) I mean, okay, I get what you're saying, though. You know, he is... He's not he's not selfish but and he would maybe want to take a lesser deal so that he could bring in another Kevin Durant or something like that. I find here's what I find hilarious. I re, I I'm not cheering against the Warriors, I'm cheering for the Raptors. If that makes Oh sense. no, I'm I'm
1: definitely cheering against <laughs> the Warriors. 100% <laughs> cheering against did, the Warriors. The
0: reason that I the main reason is because Boogie Cousins signs a one-year, five-million-dollar contract when he could have gotten way more money. Like he could have gotten a flipping fifty million dollars in two years, no problem anywhere else. But here's the and thing: he, he
1: here's wants the to just thing. Get a ring. Boogie, okay. So we know Boogie coming off a, a horrific injury. He's coming back, and he wants to go somewhere that will prepare him to be signed, and. There are lots of teams in the league, like the Lakers, like the Clippers, like, I don't know, New York, who will sign people, not based off of their overall performance over a span of time, but will sign them based off of, oh, you had this great moment. Oh, you had a fantastic series here. And that is exactly what Boogie Cousins came to the Golden State Warriors to do. And guess what? He did the other night when he very easily was the MVP of that Warriors win against the Raptors the other night. And so that that's literally the only reason he's there, I guess, to get a ring, you could say. But no, he's he went there to propel himself forward. So no, he's not going to go somewhere to sign money with a crap team because that's not going to propel his career anywhere.
0: I mean, I, could, I see where you're going with it. And I just, it's kind of the same situation with Jeremy Lin. You know, he has those amazing stints of, like, what was it, 10 games or so uh, with the Knicks. He has – the Lynn Sanity was born. Lynn sanity. When he, when he became a free agent, he was almost one of the top five best players to get, and then before you know it, you forget he's still in the league. He, it's just, like, one of those things, like, you are got – the NBA is not one of those teams that looks for the future. They live in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what – And it's like – it's a catch-22 because – you want to you want all this you know all this glory you want all the championships but the Warriors I think Steve Kerr is looking at not only in the now but he's looking at the future and look at how dominant they've been they they very well could get a three peat I don't know if it's gonna happen this year but they're pretty damn close I
1: no Raptors are gonna win there's just <laughs> They're too strong. They've got so much money. They When they win 123 to 109 at
0: Oracle, like, come on.
1: Come I, on. Okay. Like,
0: here's the thing. Here's the main reason. Here's the main thing, though. It's just because I, I keep referring back to this. It's all because Clay Thompson was out. I firmly believe that Clay Thompson not being in the game is the sole reason why they lost. Because also... Steph Curry couldn't rely on Bogey Cousins and Draymond Green because those those two are great players. Do not get me wrong, I you know they're they're all stars. They are great players, but they cannot support someone like Steph Curry, who he, all he does is shoot nothing but threes and you know get the foul to go up to the free throw line.
1: I can't remember who it was, and it, honest to God, it might have been Levar Ball, but.
0: I if heard it's it, Lavar Ball, I'm hanging up the phone, and I am.
1: You know, I, I am heard a quote out. from him. I think it was today, and he said he's like, you with a team like the Warriors, um, um, and it could have been Stephen. Jack- it's either Stephen Jackson or Lavar Ball. Either way, um, both like notable characters. Heads and tails. Jeez. <laughs> but one of them said basically, when you, when you have a team like the Warriors where you're on top, and You're consistently there and everyone's in their prime, but the only thing that can bring you down is injuries. And that's exactly what is happening to the Warriors right now. But I will say, given the state that they are in, and you compare it to that of the Cavaliers when they were facing all their injuries, it I think it does say a lot about the Warriors and where their team stands within history. Yes, they have had this great stretch, but I think it just might take away a little bit from that
0: side of things. Because you, because you, you obviously proved me way wrong. The Raptors right now are on fire. I'm gonna re, I'm gonna remake my prediction, and I'm gonna say the Raptors gonna win in Oracle. I'm gonna say they win in six.
1: Honestly, I, I would if if the if the Raptors win tonight, the series is over. Um I think Oh no doubt. I think um Kawhi Leonard he'll get the MVP. I think Danny Green um they're gonna continue his hot streak of um shooting threes. Um Kyle Lowry showed up in the first two games of the series. He had I think a combined like twenty six points in the, um, the game the other night. He had uh, twenty three points was, in one game,
0: and he wasn't a, he wasn't a pushover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, the the Raptors I think are playing when the Warriors cannot. The Raptors are capitalizing and playing one fantastic defense, and two they are playing as a complete team, which is something that they have struggled with over time. But everybody is starting to contribute when it matters.
0: Absolutely. All right. So, Dalen, are you sticking with your Raptors in seven or are you going to move it?
1: No, I, I don't. Unless Kevin Durant comes back, the Raptors will win in six. If Kevin Durant does come back, however, Raptors in seven.
0: All right. I, I guess that's fair. Because, I mean, yeah, I, I am totally changed from Warriors in seven to now Ra- Raptors in six.
1: Get on um, that train, I- buddy.
0: Two, <laughs> <laughs> two. I just couldn't believe, though, when I watched the first game of the of the, uh, game one of the finals, when I was watching that, I could not believe how well the Raptors passed the ball, handled the ball, and it just blew me away. The fact that they were able to basically make the, <laughs> make the Warriors look like the Knicks. It was incredible. And don't get me wrong, Knicks fans out there, I'm sorry, because you guys just tanked for a three for a three-pick, but I just think that the Raptors right now are unbeatable, and especially if they win tonight again in Oracle, there's no doubt in my mind that it's over. Because then if, say, say the Warriors win in Toronto, well, okay, that's fine. Then the Raptors are just going to come back into your home court and win the whole thing there, and then you guys are going to look like chumps. God, which would stadium.
1: be so good. I would love well, I would l-
0: I would love laugh for them. So could hard.
1: you imagine that <laughs> the last game ever played at Oracle is Game Seven of the NBA Finals and the Warriors lose?
0: <laughs> well, it won't be. It won't be. I guess game, game Six. Seven. Sorry, yes, Game, game six. six. Yeah, but because game, game Seven would be in Toronto if yeah. they played. Um, the other thing we talked about in the first take of this episode, um, we also talked about Drake and how we th- and how I think he's a player empowerment guy, and you hate his guts, but. <laughs> Um, I think that he, I, you know, you really haven't heard a whole lot. You've just kind of seen like his troll at, on the second game where he wore the Kevin sweatshirt, and I was laughing so hard when I saw that because Kevin. <laughs> <you're> like, Kevin! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> from uh, Home Alone, it was like Home Alone, and it was um, Kevin, Mac- or, or is it Macaulay Culkin? I, I can't. I yeah, I think the cur- it's Kevin McAllister. I think Kevin McAllister played by Macaulay Culkin. And he's got, and it's like that um, hands to the face, like, ah, and like just, he puts this on the Kevin. aftershave. Yep. Oh gosh. But anyway, so I'm, I'm excited. This has been a really good NBA finals thus far. And you're absolutely right. I think Ka- Kawhi Leonard deserves to be the finals MVP.
1: Could you imagine I mean, have- if Kawhi Leonard could assist? Like if he was averaging, like, because I think he's only averaging like 3.7 assists or whatever. But could you imagine if he could average like eight assists a game?
0: If he could average that many assists, I'm gonna say he's better than LeBron James.
1: That's a tough one, buddy. That's a real. I, oh, I, I mean, don't. I'm just. You, saying, I don't think you can do that. I
0: don't think you can it's make that comparison. Freaking bad! I just did it. So shut up. Moving on, we're gonna t- NCAA men's basketball. They've always been shorter than for the three-point line than the NBA, or as what they call the international standard. They are finally moving it now for this upcoming season to the international standard of 22 feet and one and three quarters inches. Um, the current three point line um, for, you know, what is considered the um, NBA or the NBA or however you want to call it the international standard. I, I don't get why they call well, it I mean, the international the, standard.
1: The inter- international one still like an inch or something shorter than the NBA. It's-
0: Something like that. Like the NBA three-point line right now is 22 feet in the corners, 23, 23 feet nine inches at the arc. Yes. The the arc. So, and then the, but that's the international, um, and I'm assuming the, um, the distance that they're talking about is at the corners. I would assume because if it's 22 feet, third one and three quarters inches, then that means that you're still behind the NBA by by a good full inch and a half. Or a foot and a half, I should say.
1: Yeah, because I, I don't know. Either way, I think because the collegiate is like 20 feet, some odd inches.
0: Well, OK, so it was um, to before. Let's see. So the current three point line right now is 20 feet, nine inches. And it was moved back um, from 19 feet, nine inches prior to the two thousand eight oh nine 9 season. Yeah, right. So it's been a while and you see a lot of college players, they will be farther back from the three-point line because they are practicing if they get into the NBA. Yeah,
1: like, that, like that's the name of the game. And the, the whole point they changed, they pushed it back is, one, to make sure the three-point shot does not completely just take over collegiate basketball because, you know, collegiate basketball, you're – it's still a learning environment. It's not a professional environment. It is still a coaching environment that you get young players in. So you gotta keep it all like the game, try and keep it all around competitive, no matter your position, you know, or your area
0: on the court. Absolutely. And you know, I kinda I, I hate to say this, but Mike Cheshevsky, he is a fantastic coach. Like I I mean, I'd say he's probably one of the best basketball coaches to ever live, because I think it's more incredible for him as a university, for him as a college basketball coach, because your roster is constantly changing. Like it's not like you're in the NBA where you could have a Steph Curry or you could have one of these players that is around for a while and then you could build off of them. Where for Mike Krzyzewski, he has a totally different roster. I swear every year, and it's right. fantastic how well he's done. And all, there's another rule that they're changing now. Um, the Playing Rules Oversight Panel, they also approved resetting the shot clock to 20 seconds after an offensive rebound. So, does that mean that if they get the offensive rebound, it doesn't reset to 30, it just goes to 20?
1: I guess. Well, I guess. Because how long is the collegiate shot clock? Is the collegiate shot clock 30 or 25?
0: 30. It's so thirty. They're, so, so they're thirty seconds. So then that means that instead of having, I, I mean, I, I guess they're trying to like force them to shoot more. So that would mean that they. So then, if they get an offensive rebound off the rim, then that means they got twenty seconds instead of thirty. Which that makes sense because if they get kept getting offensive rebounds, they could go on for like a good solid three minutes. Right. I think
1: because you do happening. see that a lot where it's, um, especially in college basketball where it's just like, Hey, like it's one team possessing the ball a lot. So I think, I think all these rules they are trying to make are just trying to keep the collegiate level of basketball as competitive as possible. Um,
0: Right. And so there's other uh, proposals that have been approved for this upcoming season, which these ones are actually kind of exciting. So, um, there can be technical fouls now for derogatory language about an opponent's race, ethnicity, re- religion, gender, um, sexual orientation, or disability. I like that. Which, I thought that was in place before, but I looked, and it never has been, which, shocking. I'm surprised. But, um, and then also allowing coaches to call live ball timeouts in the last two minutes of the second half and in overtime. And then, <clears throat> finally, conducting instant replay review for goaltending or basket interference calls in the last two minutes of the second half or overtime. Okay, so, I
1: don't know. I don't know how I feel about calling lifetime outs in overtime or in the end of the second half. Uh, I mean, they
0: do it in the NBA. What's the difference? Yeah, but I. Okay, I, I get. I get where you're going to go. Like you could say, well, it's collegiate versus the NBA. I, I, I totally get that. But the thing is, is that this is. Collegiate basketball can be a lot more difficult than the NBA.
1: But I guess for me, it gets to a point, though, where... Especially in high-stakes situations, like... you As a coach, you need to utilize when you use your timeouts, use them correctly, efficiently, and in good positions to put your team in a chance to win. But also, when it gets to situations at the end of a game or in overtime, I feel like maybe... You know, it should be left up to the players. At, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it's the players out there trying to win. So maybe it's just me, but leave the fate of the game up to the players and the referees at the end of the game. Like, yeah, I don't I can, think I don't think a coach, especially in college, should be, you know, calling a live timeout. No, leave it to the players. They should be out there winning.
0: I, I see where you're trying to go with this, and I see both sides of the argument where you could be, where you could say, you know, well, the you should leave it up to the players, but at the same time, basketball is just like football. It's all strategy. And when you use those timeouts and when you you know give the intentional fouls or whatever, it's very stra- strategical. And they, they're just trying to make the game, I think, a lot more exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, good. I want to see the players out there doing it.
0: I see where you're going with that. And I agree to an extent, but I also like to see where the strategy comes involved with, I wouldn't say like with the coaches, if, if it was up to the, just the players to call live ball timeouts, then I'd be all for it. But it's not because obviously the players aren't getting paid anything, which I, I kind of hope that they would in the future sometime, but we'll get to that in another episode. The point is though, is that they're just trying to make this game exciting because obviously the NBA is, you know, I'd say the top is the number one sp- sport in the number four in the, Big Four, and they're just trying to compete with, I wouldn't say compete with them, but they're just trying to be like them, if you know what I'm trying to say.
1: I don't think it's so much that they're trying to be like them, I think it's, they have to be like them in order to survive, in order to continue to elevate their players, Um, because I would much, I would much rather see collegiate basketball not be like the NBA, just because I don't know collegiate basketball that's like why do you think more people love March Madness than they do the NBA playoffs because March yes. Madness is much 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 more competitive
0: March madness is I'd say the greatest spectacle in sports absolutely because because I mean it it gets the fans involved because there's the bracket the brackets obviously I think it's just it gets it's a different way for everyone to get involved in some form or fashion. And that's what I love. And I forgive me, I fill out about 10 brackets a year. Why? <laughs> because there is so many different possibilities of how it could come out. And like, for example, one, I'll have, you know, if Montana makes it for crying out loud, I'm going to have Montana win a game. Will that happen? Maybe not in my lifetime, but it could very well happen because the Big Sky hasn't, is the only conference that hasn't won a game has the longest uh, drought of any conference right now to win a game in the in March Madness. Sounds and about right. I think that, and that's because mostly that they're paired with they're either a 15 seed or a 16 seed, and they're not playing a play-in game, where some of these other conferences are playing play-in games, and they could win, and that would count as a. Win I will say this
1: conference. year, something did go wrong because in the NCAA, you are not supposed to play the same team. Two years in a row in the first round, and we played uh, Michigan two years in a row, and, uh, and so if, I'm gonna if you I'm gonna get uh, you, uh some lawyers gonna... teamed up, and we're gonna go sue uh, uh, the NCAA go. because I, love... I think Montana rightfully <laughs> deserves the title so to you... last year's March
0: Madness. So, oh my God, okay. I thought you were gonna say. Let me guess. Are you just gonna say you need to reverse the decision and make them the unanimous champion, or what the heck is gonna no, happen? No, they just need
1: to automatically give us the title.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know, call me when you get the the attorneys and the enough money for that, because uh, then I might ask for a loan. Regardless, hey, <laughs> I think, um, but th- that's only happened one other time, and it was like BYU versus someone, and that was like in the '80s, and that was back-to-back years as well. Right. They did. Ma- they did mess up, and I don't. And I think that they should have paired them with Michigan State, because then that because Michigan State was a two seed, and that was very comparable to Michigan, so that they wouldn't. Have, they could have avoided this problem. And they could have just been like, oh, okay, Michigan State is playing Montana, whatever, because Montana we know is going to lose.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a given, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great exposure for the big sky. It's great exposure for Montana. But then at the end of the day, it's kind of, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm kind of glad North Dakota State won a game, which I i didn't expect them to win their playing game. But NDS I was laughing. Yes, you. <laughs> I was laughing hysterically when they just got their asses handed to by Duke. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh yeah, that's pretty great. But, but anyway, so there's a lot of different moves being made in the NCAA. Well, I mean, we're going to be talking about NCAA basketball. It's going to be coming around the corner very soon, before you know it. Kind of like with NFL and NCAA football. I mean, we're we're going to be getting into once we get into the fall months, dude. It's going to be it's going to just go quick, and we're not we're going to have to have so many episodes covering like one particular topic, like one on NCAA football, one on the NFL, one on March one on NCAA basketball. It's just gonna be a madness.
1: I think I think that'll be good though.
0: It will be. But so moving on, the end of an era has finally come. We talked about this. James Holzhauer, you know, he was the Jeopardy guru. He went on a 32-game win streak and he lost $2,464,216 Second all-time, just behind Ken Jennings, of just about $2.5 million, He set the single-game record with $131,127. He owns the top 16 single-day scores and 23 of the top 27 scores. That is insane. It's like, so that, crazy. I mean, okay, I know that we're talking about a flipping game show, but he's a professional sports bettor. And... He killed it on that show. And uh, and I remember he, I watched him on an interview on For the Brand Pat McAfee's show. And he was talking about how, you know, like, Pat McAfee asked him, you know, you're apparently you're not in the spirit of the game because all he was doing is dable, uh, daily double hunting. And he's like, you know, there's no rule saying I can't. And he goes, I just wanted to build as quick of a sum as I can and then just go from there. And he, it's not like he was just going for the money. He was smart. Like, he knew, he knew his crap.
1: He was playing the game, man. Like, get on the show, do what you got to do to win. And that's what he and did I, for 32 yeah. games
0: straight. And here's what I find absolutely incredible. 32 games, and that's not even half of what Ken Jennings did. And he, is, he was just $75,000 behind Ken Jennings. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's unreal. Like you well, could tell that he was just basically going for the daily doubles and then just betting as much as he could. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, on Ken Jennings, I think he was on uh, USA Today, and he was he was saying that because um, a lot of people are questioning if Jeopardy's going to do um, like a special episode or you know a special series where it's Ken Jennings against um, um, uh, James Halltower. Um, which I and I they, think they've only done a special series like that like once before, but it's it's inevitable. Like it it would be such an incredible ratings hike to have two <laughs> these two just go head to head against each other.
0: I think what they, if they do do that, I think they need to uh, do what they did uh, the last time they did that. It was I actually watched this. It was like back in two thousand eleven. It was when IBM computers Watson played, and I think if they're gonna do it again with James Holzhauer. With Ken Jennings, they need to bring in Watson, and we need to have a battle to the death. <laughs> <these
1: three. laughs> to the so, death.
0: And, and so here's what happens. If Watson wins, he electrocutes both James Holzhauer and Ken Jennings. If James Holzhauer wins, he gets to kill Ken Jennings and smash Watson with a bat. And if Ken Jennings wins, he gets to k- murder off James Holzhauer and smash Watson with a bat. Fair I'm enough. Just saying, I don't know, but... Regardless, I'm not, I'm not influenced. The stakes
1: them. have been, been set, people.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, that would be a pretty good series if, like, they did a two day stretch where it was like James Holzhauer versus Ken Jennings, and then bring in maybe another, you know, Jeopardy alum, or bring in that Watson computer.
1: Or I'd I would love for them it. to just bring in just like a random contestant, and then they win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just like, it's just like they have the. And our second overall winner with two point four million dollars, James Holzhauer. The first place winner with all the money, two point five million, Ken Jennings. And this weirdo, a college student from Alabama. Woo, Uncle... Let's go, roll Tide, just like Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like talking to James Holzhauer and Ken Jennings. They're super, you know, like up, like just nice and proper. And then this other guy's just kind of like roll Tide. <laughs> it's like, oh my <laughs> gosh. It's what the people need. It's what the people want. (laughs) And, but well, and also, um, I don't know if you heard about what, uh, James Holzhauer's daughter did for, uh, Alex Trebek. Uh, but you know, Alex Trebek got diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer and his daughter gave him like a little get well card. And I was just over here like, Oh my God, which I will (laughs) say,
1: um, Alex Trebek is in fantastic shape and, um, a large amount of his tumors are in remission and have, uh, um gone smaller or completely disappeared so he is uh, responding very well to his treatments
0: i think i mean he's taken very good care of his body over the years and i think and i'm so glad that you know he's fighting this off and i'm a big game show nerd so like when he got that diagnosis i'm over here like Ugh. but then again like you know then he's like i am going to fight it and i thought okay you know stage 4 pancreatic is pretty tough stuff but then he just, he's been fighting it off like Alex Trebek would. And, I mean, just like, he's kind of brought back some humor to the show. Like, he used to talk about how he really couldn't, ha- really couldn't show his personality in the show. Mm-hmm. And now I think he kind of is because he's become more of a role model for pancreatic cancer awareness. And now I think people want him to bring out his personality because he is funny.
1: Well, like, and I think it's I remember- also just a... a, a- a difference in the way game shows have been run. You know, he's, he's been hosting it for a million years, but back in the day, game shows, a million years. um, like it, it's, they're just a lot more loose now. Like you can have a little bit more fun with them. And I think that's what, you know, people like Alex Trebek and Steve Harvey and Ellen DeGeneres, like all these people are, you know, have being, have been so successful at
0: it because you can have fun with it. Exactly. So, um, Good to hear, though, that he's in still in fantastic health and he's doing very well with this. James Holzhauer, your streak has ended. Half the games that Ken Jennings, uh, it took Ken Jennings just to get to where he is for the money, and James Holzhauer did it just in a blink of an eye. So fantastic for him. So we're going to get on to our last topic. its uh, We're going to talk about some football. Yep, good timing is, because uh, my phone
1: is at 4%. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, perfect. So we'll get through this real quick. Football is going on very – very. wow, I can't speak. Football is going on right now. Uh, it is the FIFA Women's World Cup, and uh, I'm going to get back to that 538 website. According to 538.com and the um, all the groupings and how everybody is spread out, according to them, the, the team that has the best chance to win the whole thing is France – and right behind them is USA, followed by Germany, and then England. Uh, France has already played the played the first game. They played South Korea and demolished them four to nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, we've kind of. I told I told you, Daylon, that we would be talking about this. I don't really know a whole lot about Women's World Cup, but I mean, I'm going to root for USA all the time. I will.
1: I will say their, the women's soccer team currently in history just so much better than the men's. Like. Oh, no doubt it. I not. don't know what it is, go but man. you go, girls. Get it.
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, in 2000, they're the defending champs
1: right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they, go, they, they defended last year because um, they lost in 2011 against Japan, and then they came back yep. um, to defend, and they yep. won against Japan last year.
0: <clears throat> I think that they – I think the USA has got a good chance this year. France obviously now has three points, but USA and France are not in the same group. Um, but then according to um, – According to 538 as well, France, USA, England, and Japan all have more than a 99 percent chance to make the the round of 16. So, pretty good chances that they will. The team that has the lowest chance—any guesses, Dalen? The lowest chance to make oh the goodness—I don't
1: know. Uh, mm, Peru? No, not Peru. Um, I'm going to say Romania.
0: Incorrect. Uh, how about Argentina?
1: Oh, dang it. Okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Peru was closer. Dang it. I don't
0: think Peru is even, in it, so, uh, whoo- no, or are they? Nope. is not in it. So, I will
1: say America. America um, <laughs> so th- this series, this world cup, is going to be, I think a lot more competitive than what we have seen. Um, I think right. the rest of the world has had a chance to really
0: catch up
1: in their physical abilities compared to what the U S has been bringing to the table. Um, So it's going to be fun. It's going to be great to watch. Um, I think Germany is going to be a team to look out for. Um, There is a chance that uh, the United States can meet them at round 16. I think we have to get first place in our group and they have to get like, I think at least second place in order for us to get the matchup against Germany. Um, But the United States, we have a really fantastic, fantastic, probably the best um, out of the whole world, uh, world, almost said world series. Um, wow,
0: Daly. out of the wow. World, World
1: Series out of the whole World Cup I think we have probably the best group of attackers um, so we have a really strong um, offense so I expect some good scores but um, our goalie is lacking in experience she did, she was on the team last year against uh, uh, behind Hope Solo as the uh, goalie she was um, benched behind her but she didn't get any playing time um, right, right. so and then even our midfielders um, you know they've been in the league a long time but they don't have a lot of them are you know still younger um and uh less experienced i will say i think overall um our team is by average the oldest by i think seven months out of all the other teams but um one thing u.s does have is that everybody on our team um is within the same league and so i think Right, right um Overall, we do have a chance, but I think it's going to be a lot more competitive than what
0: we have seen. I agree with you, but I, I I will always root for USA in any you know like if it's the Olympics or any World Cup for that matter because obviously I am an American, even though I am a redhead and sometimes Ireland. If I try to root for. Holy Island! But, oh, here we go! But we're going to I want to root for Team USA all the way. Um, I'm but, definitely going to go down to. Uh, you just
1: automatically. I think we both automatically just slip into like a Minnesotan, Canadian, North Dakota. Oh, line. don't you know there, bud. <laughs> back to the origins. But, back to the motherland.
0: Back to the motherland there, bud. We're going to go ahead and uh, shoot some golfers later on there. Uh, but, um, but anyway, no, I'm going to be going down to the Mar Bar sometime coming up. That's like a local bar in Missoula, Montana that they actually host watch parties for the FIFA World, if on FIFA World Cup. Yeah, and man. And they have and
1: great mac and cheese.
0: Dude, it's the best. And it, they even put it on a burger now. Oh, yeah, man.
1: Atlanta. Is, the, Marbar was one of my favorites.
0: Dude, it's the best. So maybe you should come down here and uh, you, could, you could have some and we could watch some of the World Cup together and maybe record in the same building, for crying out loud. One day. <laughs> one day. We'll get to that another time. Anyway, Sports Without Borders, we thank you very much for... Uh, listening to today's episode. Dalen, as always, I hate your guts. And we'll see you next week. Sounds good. See you buddy. Like what you hear? Visit podcastwithoutborders dot com or like us on Facebook.